Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 313 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week, I was fortunate enough to be able to have a heart-to-heart chat with one of my favorite photographers, TJ Thorne. TJ is one of those photographers who has chosen to break away from the pack by doing his own thing. He's driven by his desires for creative expression and his search for emotional and mental freedom. TJ has battled the demons of alcoholism and depression, and nature photography is one of his primary weapons in that battle, a topic that we delve into deeply. We also discuss TJ's upcoming book release, Ebb and Flow, which is a monumental triumph and demonstration of how his personal work has guided him on this journey. Before we start with the episode, I want to quickly thank all of our incredible supporters on Patreon. You are all so amazing and you keep me going and you help me to continue to put in the long hours to produce this show. If you would like to support the show like those awesome people do, please go to patreon.com forward slash f-stop and listen to support the show. Okay, let's get to this week's episode with TJ Thorne. All right, TJ Thorne, it is so awesome to have you back, my friend. Good to talk to you again. Haven't uh, talked to you in face-to-face in a while. Yeah, I was going to say face-to-face would have been 2021 in Death Valley. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a good time. Good time around the fire. Oof. Too, too good of a time. Is what that <laughs> For you. <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed myself. I definitely I enjoyed myself far too much. <laughs> As you do. Yes, yes, yes. Well, so TJ, I think you were one of the first guests we had on the podcast way back in 2017. Yep. And a lot has changed in photography and in your life and in my life since then. Um, but for people that didn't have the chance yet to listen to that one, maybe go ahead and just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about sure. TJ. Um, well, uh, my name is TJ Thorne, and I live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest and Oregon area, and I am a professional photographer that uh, takes pictures of what I like to call is the uh, often overlooked calming simplicity that can uh, surround us in, in nature and basically everyday life. But um, yeah, I, uh, I teach workshops and I sell ebooks and I have a, a book that coming out that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, it's uh, been photographing for 20 some years, uh, focused on nature specifically since about 2012, maybe a little bit before that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I push a button. That's about the extent of it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's interesting how some people totally downplay what photography is and some people totally upplay it, and I think they're both valid perspectives. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think just in, in life in general, I, do, I distill things down to kind of understand them and stuff, and, you know, I used to work in the restaurant industry, and uh, when, when you, like, you can get upset and frustrated at all the things that go on, and I just had uh, one of my coworkers looked at me, and he's like, he's like, don't get upset. He's like, all we're doing is making future poop. I'm like, you're right. So cooking, I'm, I'm just making future poop. Um, and with nature photography, I'm just, I'm just going into nature and pushing a button. That's all I'm doing. It's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's fair. And it definitely takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's yeah. obviously, you know, it goes, it goes deeper than that, but yeah, that's a funny way. Of to course. Play. Of course. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll talk more about all that for sure. 
Um, one thing I was going to mention to you, because you said you do workshops, I don't know how many people I've ran into that have mentioned that going on a workshop with you and other people, you know, like you and Eric Bennett, like has completely transformed the way that they approach photography, which I think is super cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's the best compliment about my my business that I can receive. You know, just my my style of photography in general. You know, I'm. It's not about just going out to take photos. More about using the camera as a tool to interact with the landscape. And and you know, I think a uh, a lot of the photos that uh, make it in my portfolio are are just born of that kind of mentality. Just going out and looking. You know interacting through my camera so the camera is more of a tool for interacting than it is for uh you know taking a photo and attention to the the special things that in in nature uh, and I, I don't know it's yeah that's uh i've heard those things too and it's it's really nice to hear and you know that's what keeps me going and in, in teaching because no, i know what photography has yeah, done for me awesome. and knowing that i can you know provide a little bit of that to to someone else uh that's pretty pretty huge uh to kick us off uh, maybe tell us a little bit about how you even got into photography to begin with. Sure. Yeah. Um, I got my first camera uh, back in well in high school. Um, I had a film camera, but my, when I first like got a like a real camera where I felt like I was like spending you know a ton of money on a camera, which was like two hundred bucks at that time. It was a lot of money on a camera for me. Uh, it was just it was to take photos of food while I was in culinary school. Um, I had a, I worked, a, I was an apprentice and that was a class that I had to take. So uh, I had to take photos of food that I was making on my job for class. And, um, and I don't know, like I just, I had the camera with me and I was going to, you know, punk rock shows and skateboarding, snowboarding with my friends. And I just always kind of like, like to bring in my camera with me and, you know, viewing the world in this little three by two box and, and it just kind of grew from there. You know, I moved, uh, that was, so that was back in, you know, 1997, 98, 99. I moved to Oregon in 2001. And, uh, you know, it's just, I've, I've, I grew up in a rural area with a forest in my backyard. So, uh, moving to Oregon where, you know, it's abundant nature and easily accessible. That's just what I was drawn to. You know, I, I never considered myself like a, a camper or like a hiker or anything back when I was living in Pennsylvania where I grew up. It was just like, I, that's just where I played. My backyard was a forest. Um, but when I came to Oregon, you know, living in the city, you you kind of, you need that and you need to go to it. So I started really getting into hiking and, and things like that. And that was my main interaction with nature. And I just always took my camera with me and it just became a thing. And uh, slowly over time, I just started getting more and more into it. And in uh, 2000, about 2011, 2012, like I learned that there was like, a nature photography community and like genre like you know i didn't you know you know about ansel adams but like i didn't know about mark adamus and and like you know that there was like this online nature photography community because i was a hiker so i was always posting my images my photography images on on uh, hiking forums and you know talking with hikers and, and stuff like that and once i discovered that there was like an actual community i was like wow like i'm not i'm a nature photographer that's what i am so the next time that I went out, it was winter, winter solstice 2012. Like when I went out with my camera to Cape Kowanda, I was like, I'm going out as a nature photographer. I like had this label and I don't, I'm, I'm 
labels, you know, I, I have my certain feelings about them nowadays, but back then it was like, it helped give me an identity and a focus and, and feel a little bit more uh, proud um, about what I was doing and like have a little bit more intent. So once 2012 came around, uh, that was when I really kind of like poured myself into, oh, I'm also big on puns. And since uh, I talk a lot about water, there are going to be a lot of water puns in this whole conversation. Maybe we can count and see how many are at it. the end. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just kind of poured myself into <laughs> landscape and nature photography and uh, have been basically doing that ever since. Do you still see yourself as a nature photographer? Um, that's what I brand myself as, as a business. Uh, but I've been branching out a little bit more. Like when I first started getting into uh, photography, it wasn't nature. It was just whatever, right? And, and I think, uh, you know, having that be the focus of my business has kind of taken away a lot of, uh, the, uh, the photographic side for me, because, uh, what I do with nature in a camera is just really emotional and, um, it's more based in experience and emotions and things like that. So, you know, I've kind of lost the, uh, the photographic art side of it and paying attention to, you know, uh, just things that aren't inherently beautiful and uh, more just kind of interesting so it's it's lately i've been uh going and you know i i got a i had my film camera refurbished and i've been carrying that with me everywhere i go and i've been using that to interact with things that specifically aren't nature um and more just kind of paying mm -hmm. attention to patterns and tones and just interesting things and curiosity because um you know it's easy to take pretty pictures of pretty things but uh i've kind of lost the art of mm. seeing um, beauty and the more mundane and the more ordinary things. So kind of trying to get that back a little bit, but, um, so no, I'm kind of swaying a little bit further away from that. I do have some things that I'm working on in a serious way that aren't nature based. And eventually those will be on my website because, you know, at first I didn't want to put them out there because they're not, they don't fit with my brand, but my brand is me and I'm just, I'm multifaceted. So, um, why, why hold that stuff yeah. back? You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you had already kind of mentioned this, but I know in our a lot of our previous conversations, you've mentioned uh, the challenges of working in the food service industry and how that entire lifestyle impacted you and your mental health. And I was wondering if you could just expand upon that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, in, the, the, the restaurant industry, it's uh, for a specific type of people. Um, and I like masochistic people that, uh, it's, it's, it's a hard life. You know? it's, it's a lot of long hours. It's low pay. You it's a, it is a labor of love. And, and I did love it. You know, there are parts of me that, you know, kind of like relished in those like 16 hour shifts. I, you know, at one point I was working two full-time jobs. So I'd work from six to three, 6am to 3pm and then uh, 4pm to like midnight or 1am go to, you know, ride the train back home, get up, ride the train back to work, do it all again the next day, you know, four or five days in a row. And when you're in your, your twenties, it's, that's a lot easier, but yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's for someone like me, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, I've had issues with alcoholism and it's kind of like, just becomes part of the, uh, the industry there. And, uh, you know, but I think, uh, when I really started to be affected by it was when I was going through my alcoholism. And, um, at that point I was a manager for a retail food service, uh, company that shall remain nameless. And it was just, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert, um, pretty huge introvert and, uh, running a team of 60 to 70 people and showing up every day and being that person that has to like energize all those people. It was, uh, it was draining. 
and doing that every day mm-hmm. um, was really rough. So in my time off, you know, that was when I really like kind of like really focused on my nature photography and getting out to nature and going out and immersing myself in the landscape. And But yeah, it's, it's a hard industry. It's hard on your body. It's hard on your mind. It's hard on your emotions. It's hard on your sleep. I miss it sometimes. I miss the, the camaraderie and, you know, the manual labor. Um, but uh, I don't miss the stress, you know. <laughs> It's, I can't handle this stuff like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I've understood too about the industry is that there's a fairly strong emphasis of you know alcohol is a big part of, especially if you work late nights in restaurants. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. drink when they're done and they're like out until like three or four. In the- yeah, I, I didn't wait until I was done. I had, we had a, had a low, <laughs> uh, we have a low boy freezers and I, I kept a, a bottle of whiskey in there. I would. You know, it got to the point, you know, like, like I said, I've, I've battled alcoholism and, uh, you know, there were times where I would, I had to like take a drink before work and, uh, just kind of, mm. that was how I was dealing with stress and it wasn't right and it wasn't good. And, you know, I, I paid the price for that. Um, but, um, I'm well, well past that now, 12 years sober and, uh, it, it's no yeah. longer an issue. So congratulations. Thank you. Well, along those same lines, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about your struggles with depression and addiction um when did it start and how has photography helped you um so i think you know back in around high school you know and kind of like uh you know i was in the the punk and skating community and you know it's almost like you're just kind of expected to be that way you don't really view it as a problem and i don't think that you know i really thought of uh, what i was going through as a problem until uh like 2006 7 8 around them and things started to kind of really get bad and in you know in terms of so we'll talk about depression and alcohol because they're, they're different they're not like you know um, they're they're isolated from each other um mm-hmm. but you know I, I i don't know like around 2008 6 7 8 around there is when i really kind of really started feeling like my depression was an issue and or like anxiety um a lot of that and i'm sure that played into me picking up the bottle and and all that stuff Uh, alcohol was just kind of like a a way to deal with it but uh so once once i started drinking things like that like that was like that was the focus but even you know since i've been sober you know i've been struggling mentally and emotionally uh you know i was telling you the other day that you know i'm kind of going through a rough time and i I feel like in a lot of ways this might be um, right now where I am. This might be the worst that my my depression and anxiety have been. And um, you know, I've been I've been I've talked to doctors and counselors and been on medications and kind of like spin the wheel and let's see what we're going to try this time. And I did that the other day, so um, I'm going to get on some some other things to help me and start therapy and stuff like that. So I'm trying to keep an open mind about it, but uh, it's still something I struggle with, you know, daily. Um, and it's been the past. Uh, year and especially maybe the past couple months have uh, kind of come to a head with it it's a you know it's it's just starting to affect my life in in a lot of ways that i know something needs to be done but yeah and i suspect for you and other people like you that rely on photography as as a way of coping with some of that it's particularly insidious because the depression probably prevents you from wanting to be excited to go out to make new pictures or even so it's like this downward spiral that can happen i'm I'm assuming yeah yeah it does and you know it's uh you know and i always knew that was a possibility with you know being a 
making this my living. You know, there's a <clears throat> there's a pressure that comes with it. And up until like maybe the past year, I've been um, pretty good at kind of insulating myself from that and just doing what I do. Um, and I, I, you know, I still love going out. It's it is hard for me to get the motivation sometimes. You know, I'm I'm a homebody. I don't travel a lot. So when I do go out, it's places around home and you know, there becomes a, there's a, there, I can still find really special and sig personally significant moments out in nature, but there are times where it's just like, well, I'm going to go there again, you know, and it's just my mind <laughs> and, and my emotions kind of getting to me, but I always enjoy myself every time I go mm -hmm. out and, you know, I, I still photograph, you know, a lot. I have a lot of photos. Um, I, I really enjoy that process of it, but, uh, I think lately, you know what has really gotten to me is just the social media and the the marketing side of things and feeling like you know I haven't I haven't put an image on my website since 2001 you know and that, that there's like that pressure there where I'm like oh I'm a professional photographer and I'm not putting any images out and and stuff like that um and you know 2001 you know, or 2021 two, uh, yeah 2021 um was the last time I like put oh, okay. a website. <laughs> yeah 2021 uh an image on my website and I have a lot of work that like I've finished or that I've kind of like uh, partly processed and you know a lot of what I'm sharing on uh, social media and like my Instagram stories and stuff are like literally like I'll I'll send them from my phone or my camera to my phone through the Wi-Fi app or whatever and uh, process it in Snapseed and post it on social media like dust spots and all um banding and everything like i i don't it's it's really the beginning of the process that i need right now and the the tail end of the process um is kind of getting you know we all talk about our backlogs and and i'm suffering from that problem too like i have a lot of images that i really want to process and that i really love and that were personally significant moments i'm just not necessarily ready to put them out yet i guess uh so you know it's it's slowly starting to come back um I just need to kind of figure things out in that regard. You know, I, I want to, I've lost maybe, I, I, I want to define my creative identity a little bit more and that's what I'm having a hard time figuring out. But yeah, it's, it's, it does become tough. And, you know, I, I slip in social, you know, search engine optimization ranks uh, because I'm not updating my website. And, you know, I'm, you know, there is a, uh, there's a, a, a pressure to stay relevant, right? And when you're not posting images, you're kind of, you're falling off the wayside. So my business isn't being impacted by that, but um, I have faith that, you know, I'm doing the reasons that I'm doing it are necessary and important. Um, I just need to get out of my own way sometimes, which I'm working on. Mm. Yeah. We can sometimes be our own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. All the time be my own worst enemy. I'm definitely my biggest, uh, my biggest, my biggest problem is me. Um, well, I know that uh, you're just getting ready to release your very first book, which is called Ebb and Flow, yep. um, which is all about your journey of personal expression and connection to the subject of water. Can mm -hmm. you tell us about the impetus for this body of work? Yeah, there was no like, uh, I mean, there were a couple of realizations that I have. There was like no flashpoint really back in uh, 2017. Um, I had a uh, list of little realization slash photographic epiphany of um, what truly called to me in nature and kind of where I wanted to be putting my, my photographic energy and my creative energy. And when I came back from that trip, um, I was on a private workshop in the Columbia River Gorge. And I remember, you know, kind of having come to this realization and I'm sitting on this rock and uh, the client's doing their thing. And I'm like, I'm just watching the creek and I'm watching water lap up over top of a rock. And I like, 
I remember looking at it, I'm like, that's really neat. Like, I'm going to point my camera at that. And I pointed my camera at it. And like, when I did that, there was like, I was like, I really enjoy this. And I had, I had no clue what I was doing. You know, my, my images are terrible at it. You know, there's, you learn things about photographing a certain subject, uh, so as much as I have. Um, but I, I just remember uh, kind of combining that realization that there was something there in that water with the realization that I had in Utah um, that I like, you know, more intimate kind of plays of light and scenes and personal moments and things like that. Um, and it kind of just grew from there. And then, like, the more that I kept doing it and the more that I kept uh, exploring that side of things, I realized that it kind of was a thing for a while. It just wasn't a conscious thing. So, you know, I remember the first time that I saw, like, you know, I, I love direct light. I love midday light. And I love midday and direct light on water. And I remember, I remember the first time that I saw that on a beach, you know, an Oregon beach. And I remember pointing my camera at it and, you know, being really disappointed with the images. But I remember like, wow, that was, that was really, but I, I just kept doing it. Um, and it kept becoming kind of like slowly, slowly more and more conscious and more and more of a focus. And I, I just, at one point, I just realized that everything that I needed from my experience in nature, like we all go to nature for and specific reasons. And everything that I needed out of that, that journey into nature I got interacting with water. It was like, it was, it was the epitome of what I needed from nature. It was getting lost in a flow state. It was uh, everything being melted away and washed downstream. It was just me, it, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a meditative practice. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, mental stuff that goes into photographing water and there's like, you know, that side of it. But when I'm doing it, uh, nothing else in the world exists. So whenever I feel like I need um, to go kind of get myself right and spend time in nature, it's usually water that I'm seeking. And, you know, it's become hugely important to my creative identity. And, uh, you know, once I kind of realized that, I just, I let it take me. And I've obsessively photographed water. And just kind of seeing how big of a deal it was coming and realizing what it got to me. Like, I knew that I always wanted to uh, do it justice for how, you know, what it gave to me and what I got out of it. So it wasn't, I didn't want to just throw them up on a website. I wanted them to be put in a book and I wanted it to be something that was significant to me, um, and important to me. So, um, I've withheld mo the majority of my water work. There are a couple images on my website, but most of the, mostly you can't find it and it's all going to be in the book. Um, so yeah, there was no like a flashpoint of like, I'm going to do a book. It was just like, this is really important. And, uh, yeah, that's just kind of what I've always wanted to do, but never had the uh, the opportunity until now. So um, here we are. It's uh, currently being bound. And, yeah, it's you know, a big, it's a big deal. Pretty pretty excited to see it, and you know, it's it's easy to call it a book, but uh, you know, when I think about everything that went into making these, Im not just making the images, but also everything that went into me needing to make the images makes it a much more important and uh, significant to me. So really looking forward to kind of yeah. getting through all of the, uh, you know, the marketing and all of the, the dry stuff and like cracking open that tape and holding a finished book in my hands. I know it's going to be pretty, pretty emotional for me. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had the same experience. Um, I had, uh, I don't even know if you knew this or not, but I, I published a book. I did not. Uh, a couple of, well, last summer it came out, but it's it's mostly text. It's not 
it's not I mean there's pictures but it's it's a guidebook for the San Juan Mountains nice and yeah when you when you first get it you're like oh my god this is so cool yeah <laughs> you know it's it's a very it's a very powerful moment you know so you should definitely be proud of yourself when that moment hits yeah have someone video you yeah well uh I gotta yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make something of it I think I'm more just like like you know I live in an apartment and I'm like I'm gonna have a thousand books sitting in the middle of my living room for who knows how long so uh yeah there's it's it's and it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty big i'm really excited to to finally get the book and and to see the results of all of this so yeah so you said as you were making images in, for of water you learned some things along the way i'm curious if you could maybe share a couple of those things like what are some of the things you've learned as you've gotten better at capturing water um yeah it's uh you know i think i think a lot of it is more just uh, like kind of like deriving inspiration from it you know uh, the whole the whole title ebb and flow is it yeah it's water-based but you know i i kind of think of it as more just like the ebbs and flows of life and and it's this uh this thought that helps me deal with the really tough times and i know that you know we kind of need the the tough times to accentuate and give context to the good times so whenever there are there are ebbs you know i i know that uh they're necessary and um that as long as i kind of take care of myself and hold tight that the the flows will come and you know who knows when that's going to happen or you know how long each is going to last but um, life has its ups and downs right um so kind of deriving inspiration from that uh you know understanding that you know more than half of my body, you know, most of our bodies are made up of what carved the Grand Canyon. You know, there's there's power in that for me. There's there's power in knowing that, you know, no matter what water is doing, it's trying to find peace and equilibrium. And, you know, and and so the, those are the things that, you know, I find a com I derive inspiration from and find the commonality with, but you know, more just kind of like understanding uh that that I do need nature, that I do need to photograph water in order to kind of combat everything that goes on up here and and to find a place in my heart where I can find gratitude and love and peace and and happiness and solace, you know, um, when I'm photographing water, like the, I take moments of gratitude where I'm like, this, you know, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky that, you know, I'm, that I'm alive, that I've gotten sober, that, you know, I can wake up and watch the sunrise and stay up and you know watch the sunset and i can run my fingers through my my son and my girlfriend's hair and you know i it makes me find gratitude for these really small things and gratitude is something that i need um in order to kind of stay right with myself and so knowing that uh you know when i'm photographing water that i can get all of those things and um you know it kind of it's it's taught me a lot about that and a lot of things that just necessarily can't be can't be uh, put into words yeah, it's interesting. hopefully you'll want to talk a little bit about this, but uh, when I, back in 2018, I finished climbing the highest 100 mountains in Colorado, and you know, it, was, it took me forever to do it, and it was a big deal, but it was, I was simultaneously like super happy, but also very depressed because this huge thing that I had been working on for so long was over with, and I didn't know what was next. And I know before we started recording, you talked a little bit about how like this body of work, you know, you've been looking at it for so long and you have to, you know, you have to prove all these proofs of your book and now you have to market it all. And so you've seen, you're seeing these images over and over and over and over again. And, you know, if, 
for me, like you start seeing your own images enough that you just you start get tired of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for you, since these images of water are so tied into your sobriety, or at least your journey through sobriety, at least in the more recent past, I'm curious how that's going to affect you in terms of maybe wanting to move on to find something else and how that's going to impact your your mental mental health yeah you know there's yeah like you know it's uh there is a <laughs> pun incoming there is a saturation point um you know with with images of like it doesn't remove the fact that you know these images are very personally significant to me you know they each you know it's a hundred images of water abstracts and each of the moments where like i was in my viewfinder taking these photos are are very personal and very needed and some of the you know the best times of my life you know i think about some of these outings where you know it was emotionally and spiritually needed that i was doing this and i can look up and see my girlfriend you know standing right down the river and be grateful for that you know they're just they're they're captured uh, during really personally significant times so they're always going to have that but at some you know there is a point where you know they become the book and you know they they uh the it's easy to kind of like forget the meaning because you're thinking business you're thinking marketing you're thinking like oh i gotta email matt and do this podcast and you know i gotta make this uh <laughs> this graphic and you know i gotta put build the website and so they, it's it's easy to start thinking about it in that way. But when I get down to the basis of it, and you know, when I go back out to photograph water, even if I'm photographing, you know, fairly clear scenes and like kind of types of water scenes that I've shot before in places that I've shot them before, I still get everything I need. They're still really important, really significant, and I need that. So yeah, there's a there's a point where you know you they I don't want to say they lose their sheen, but they just they they become part of what you're trying to sell. So I try to always keep myself. Uh, like remind myself that these are like very important images and and nothing proves that to me faster than going back out and photographing water and you know I've been photographing water like pretty seriously like almost obsessively for at least since 2017 and you know you kind of know what to expect at this point after you've been photographing it and you know I'm I'm someone that like I like to I like to think about all the different ways that I can photograph something um, like, like just combine, like, you know, one of my, my questions is what if, like, what if I do this and what if I do this and what if I do this and what if I did this and this? And so I'm just like always combining different thoughts and ideas and ways to do things. And, you know, I've been photographing for over 20 years and, you know, I'm still discovering who I am as a photographer and that's constantly evolving because as, as I'm constantly evolving, my work should evolve with it. If it's, if I'm shooting authentically and, mm. and genuinely, you know, my work should evolve with me as a person. And, you know, even like last month I discovered a a new way to you know, this new idea of interacting with water. So even, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, I don't even know how many images of water that I've taken, I can still find new ways to interact with it through exploration and experimentation and, and just be, you know, remaining curious and, and, uh, making sure that I never forget why I do it and what I get from it and, uh, and how I need it. So, you know, the, it's a journey and this book you know while the images you know the oldest one i think is from 2015 or 16 you know while i've been looking at them for a while they're they're the beginning they're the, they're documentation of a beginning of a journey and and that is that's significant in its own way right like i know that i'll be photographing water i i wouldn't i want to for the rest of my life you know things can change but uh like yeah. knowing like knowing what i get out of it 
like this is always going to be a part of me, you know, like, you know, you can't see if you're listening, but I have, you know, ebb and flow tattooed on the back of my hands. Like this isn't, okay. this isn't just some like, you know, this isn't just a collection of images. Like this is like, you know, I've put it in the book. Like it's, it's, uh, it tells the story of my search for emotional and mental kind of freedom. Like, you know, these, these aren't just photos of water. They are periods of time where I needed to be photographing water where I was in distress or I needed some peace and solace. And, um, I found that by looking through my viewfinder and capturing the photos that I did. Hey, you almost beat me to the punch. Cause I was going to ask you about, the, um, your search for emotional and mental freedom. And I was curious if you could expand a little bit more upon kind of what you mean by specifically the word freedom. Like what is, how is that word involved in, in, in your, in your journey here? Yeah. And I, you know, it's kind of along the lines of everything that I've been saying. It's just like, you know, the mind can be, can be a prison sometimes for somebody that's going, you know, suffering from anxiety and addiction and, you know, uh, depression, mental health issues, you know, there's, it's hard to, to escape sometimes. So the freedom for me comes when I'm in that viewfinder, like, you know, nothing, nothing exists other than me in that moment in time when I'm in my viewfinder photographing water, nothing like, um, it's hard to break my attention. Like when I come away, like, and I need the viewfinder, you know, I can't, I don't use the LCD. I need to be lost in my, that little box and I'll come away and I'll have like a red mark on the side of my nose just cause like, I'm just <laughs> I'm pushed up against the viewfinder because that's there. There's, there's nothing else there except me in, in that moment in time. Like that, that whole, the whole entire world is made for me in that moment in time. So that's the freedom for me. It's the freedom from, you know, all of the problems that, you know, plague that I, that I let plague myself or, you know, just responsibilities in general, like paying bills and rent and, you know, sitting in traffic and going to the grocery store and just all the things that go into like what life has become, you know, like none of that exists when I'm in my viewfinder. It's just me and gratitude and everything that I need in order to survive the world. And I come from, I come away from that, like as an enriched person, you know, my problems are still going to be there, but I feel better prepared to, uh, mentally and emotionally to kind of just face, face what I need to face. And so I guess that's the freedom part for me is, you know, yeah. do these tell like, uh, are, are these, these aren't, you know, these images aren't like things that I can put into words They're So like, you know, when I say it's the, the story of my search, it's like, these are, the story is that these are periods of time where I was getting that and finding that and looking for that. And that's what the book is about. It's about the images and about the moments and about the experiences. It's interesting as you were talking, I feel like you're describing yourself as both the jailer and the prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm my wor my own worst enemy. I'm my, I am my biggest problem, you know? I posted on, uh, yeah. on Instagram. The, the camera, the camera is your, is your key. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, that's, that's depression and anxiety and mental illness. You know, you kind of, you know, and a lot of people, you know, that's where gratitude comes in is a lot of people don't have the opportunity that I have to go like sit at a campsite next to a river in Olympic national park for five days without a cell signal, um, looking through an expensive camera, you know, like, so there's a, uh, there's gratitude, there's, you know, I, I need to acknowledge that I'm a, that I'm pretty lucky, um, that I've overcome some pretty big challenges. And, you know, even though I still deal with what I deal with, you know, I need to, I need to acknowledge the progress that I have made or, you know, the, the, the fight that I have always been fighting, you know, um, I haven't given up and, you know, my, 
and I, you know, going back to, to teaching, um, that's what I want to help people find. I want them to help find those personal moments and like that personal satisfaction, um, in their process and in their work and, and, you know, getting, getting more out of photography. It's, it's saved my life. You know, it's helped me battle the things that I've needed to battle. And, um, that's what I want to pass on through my workshops and creative thinking and teaching and in my work in general. I love it. So shifting back to, um, you know, you assembled quite a fantastic group of photographers to write passages in your book, including William Neal, Alex Noriega, and uh, Tula Top, which I was glad to see he's still around. Um, How much has it meant to you to have their awesome words accompany your photographs in the book? Uh, Trying to not cry, um, but the world. You know, it, it means the world to me that, uh, you know, and, and it, they kind of, I don't, they kind of assembled themselves. You know, I did, I did ask, but, you know, uh, Bill um, is somebody that I've been talking to a lot and he's been a great resource, not just about business and photography, but just life and, um, and talking in general. And um, Alex has been one of my best friends since, you know, 2012 or 13, we met and uh, we've kind of just, yeah, we've been super tight since then. And uh, Tula, um, he's kind of, you know, gotten out of the social media eye a little bit, which is wonderful for him. Like he's 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 uh, living the, uh, you know, like not having to rely on social media dream that I think a lot of us kind of wish we could. But he was, you know, Tula was is a really good friend and he's played a pretty significant role in, you know, me being able to do this for a living. You know, he, uh, when I was you know, going through my shit and, you know, freshly sober and even before being freshly sober, like he was my photograph, he was my photography buddy. We were always going out and hiking and just like he would drive and, you know, I was a, so I'm struggling to make ends meet and, you know, kind of like going through the process of, you know, I don't really enjoy working in the restaurant industry. I want to kind of want to pour myself into being a photographer. I don't have the money. Like, how can you do that when you're trying to you know, like fill your cupboards and, and all this stuff? And, you know, he was, he was uh, amazing enough to kind of like give me a little bit of a loan, uh, no strings attached loan to kind of get my business started and get my first permits and, you know, set myself up as a business. And, and it was important to me that I paid him back and it took me a couple of years and I did. And he's just been, I, I, w- I, I wouldn't be where I am without any of them or, you know, uh, Bill has, you know, been uh, part of, you know, my friendship circle for the past couple of years, but Tula and Alex have been, you know, there for a while. I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't have gotten this book out to where I did without Bill. I, you know, just having his support and his words. And, you know, he talks, to, he talks me off the ledge a lot of times. Alex, just as a friend and a business partner and Tula being there in my early journey, who wrote my, uh, he's a really talented writer. And he wrote uh, my letter of recommendation for doing my uh, apprentice or my artisan residency at Crater Lake National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a hugely significant time. That was like the beginning of my photography career, and the first time I was able to like kind of escape uh, the 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 work and life responsibilities and just dedicate myself to being a photographer. And um, yeah, so having them three uh, be part of my first book was uh, is pretty special and significant. And I'm honored that uh, they were uh, even willing to to take part. So. Um, I'm eternally grateful for their their support and their words and things that they said and wrote. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe you'll get to pay that forward to someone else who you know looks up to you as well. Yeah, 
maybe. Um, you know, it's uh, weird to think of myself in that way, but um, you know, I'm yeah, I'm sure someday, maybe that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, no big deal. You're just publishing your own book. It's mm. you gotta you gotta pat yourself on the back at least a little bit, man. Yeah, I do. You know <laughs> I get I mean? it though. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. Like I said, when I when I when I pull this book out and you know I see like you know everything printed and I can look in the back and see like published by and like you know uh, maybe right. work with some bookstores to get in bookstores and I walk in and I see like a, my book on a shelf and yeah it's there's still there, there's there's a long way to go <laughs> yeah like you know this book has been a long time right. in the works um, and even just once I get the book like the work really starts then because like I said I have. I, I did order a thousand of them, so it's uh, it's going to be a slow burn. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going it, to there's it'll, it'll it'll there there will be a point in time where it, it all hits me. Um, but I think you know a lot of us we, we kind of forget that we kind of we get you know especially with social media nowadays we're just all so living in the moment that we forget to kind of like look back and you know review our terrible images that we took five six seven years ago. But yeah, I think it's, you know, important that we kind of look at our past work and see the progress that we made, not just, you know, in our skills technically, but, you know, the the variety of work that we've been producing and how our work has been changing and, and going to our websites, going to our own websites and like, you know, looking at it as a viewer instead of as the person that's in charge and just kind of like um, just being proud of the things that we've created and the things that we've given to the world, you know, like... I think the world needs as much beauty as it can get. It needs as much people creating things as it can get. It needs as much art as it can get. You know, there's there are plenty of terrible things in the world, and anything that uh, we can give of ourselves in that regard, um, I think we need to give a little bit more credit for. And it's amazing how social media can sabotage that. You know, it's like I had an experience last summer. It was like right right about when my book was coming out. And I got into this big argument with someone on Instagram and he basically had all of his fans attack me and I was super upset about it and then my friend Jennifer Renwick reminded me like you're going to a book signing tomorrow for your book like why do you care <laughs> like yeah. like you know you you don't need those pe people to validate who you are like you're you know, and it was just a really good reminder. And sometimes we need other people to remind us, like, hey, like, you're deserving of recognition and it's okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so sh social media, you know, it's it's pretty <laughs> easy um, to get caught up in a lot of that stuff. And I think, you know, we were talking before uh, we started recording about kind of around those things. And, you know, I just, I, I have limited, you know, emotional bandwidth and I don't want to spend it on that kind of stuff. You know, I keep my head down and I try yeah. to, you know, I try to lead with love and I try to be a positive and supportive person. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's easy to, to really get caught up in that stuff. And, you know, I, I know that there are some times that I do, but, you know, I try to catch it and, and turn myself off. Like, you know, uh, when I watch a lot of YouTube at night as I'm trying to like let my mind relax and, and, uh, I'll go seeing myself like tap the comments button. I'm like, Starts going like nope 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 close the comments close the comments you don't want to like oh here's a here's a, a a video of a puppy being cute and somewhere in there somebody's gonna make it political and then they're gonna like and it's just like come on man but yeah it's uh it's easy to get caught up in that stuff I just try to keep my head down and, yeah. and uh, lead with love and leave a positive impact on this world and I think you know uh, the more that we can kind of think that way and just 
you know, let's let's get some pretty pictures out there and, you know, spread some love and some positivity. Love it. So going back to the book, um, I would love to talk about your process for curating the photographs for the book project. You know, a hundred photographs of abstract water mm-hmm. <laughs> is a lot, right? Like it's a very yeah. specific, similar subject, a lot of overlap. Um, but somehow uh, you managed to find a way to make each image stand out. So I'm curious how that, what that process was like. Yeah, uh, it was tough. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, when I'm photographing water, you know, I'm a lot of times, uh, I'm photographing a specific thing for a pretty significant amount of time, you know, like I've photographed, you know, a wave on a river uh, for like an hour. And, uh, so that, and, and like that, that process, like me looking through my viewfinder, like that is what I need out of it. Right. Like that's, that's why I photograph is because of that time that I'm in the viewfinder. Um, that's my goal when I'm photographing is, is that time and getting that out of it. And if I get a photo from it, um, it's a gift, right? It, the photo is a gift. It's never the goal. Um, so a lot of times when I'm having these, you know, really personally significant moments, looking through my viewfinder, photographing water, you know, it's a very dynamic subject. It's moving a lot, you know, uh, and the other thing about it is like, it's, you know, it presents itself in so many different ways, like depending on what's reflecting or if the rec light's hitting it, uh, the, the speed of the water, the kind of water, like, um, you know, the possibilities are near endless with water to, uh, to interact with it because, so it's, it's very dynamic in that way. So it's easy to create, uh, vastly different styles of photograph of the same subject when it's water, um, just cause it can react with so many different things in so many different ways. But I think the, sh- the challenge for me was, you know, looking from a, a session with water, I, I just refer to them as sessions. Um, I might have like, you know, 200, 300 photos of the same thing, um, just in kind of like different compositions or, you know, the water's creating its own composition in a different way. And my goal is to find the one or two that represent that whole entire, uh, that session. And, and that can be hard. You know, I, I like, well, I like 50 of them. And then you have to trim that down to 20, and then <laughs> right. to 20 down that to 10. And me. Then, yeah. So, you know, and then, and, and I struggle from that, you know, that's, that's a huge part of like, that's a huge roadblock for me is like, is, is choosing the, the right image. And I probably put way more thought and energy into it than I should or need to. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, I, I can send, you know, 10 photos of the same thing off to Alex and, and be like, which one of these should I use? And he'll give me his thoughts. And I usually go the other way. No, he, he provides <laughs> really valuable insight. Uh, and, and I think it's important to have somebody that, you know, really understands your creative direction and just you as a creative to kind of bounce those things off of. And Alex is that for me. And I think me for him, but anyway, so yeah, it's, it, it was a long process and there, you know, there are some images in there that are from the same sessions, but you know, I wanted to, to fully represent the experiences that I had. So coming up with a hundred of them, it was, it was tough. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to me that you said that they do stand on their own because I feel like a lot of them might not, and that they need the context of the others to kind of like to have their place. Um, mm. But uh, you know, but that's that's what's awesome about you know is is art and photography. It's like it's subjective, and you know, my interpretation of things. Uh, um, I can have my interpretation and my intent as the artist, um, but really, it's up to whoever's seeing it and what they see, and you know, that, that can be vastly different things. And and I find that interesting. You know, a lot of people might not even think these are good photos at all or interesting at all, but 
um, you know, that's, that's part of the process and, you know, that's why we're different people and that's why we all photograph different things. So that's completely fine. But yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty tough. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so when, when your book arrives in, in people's hands and they start looking through it, what do you hope that they take away from it? That's a good question. Um, you know, the, so that this is a monograph, you know, it's, there's not a lot of text in it. It's, uh, the piece by Bill, it's a piece by Alex, it's a piece by Mean, and it's a piece by Tula. Um, but other than that, it is a hundred photos of water and, you know, my, my photography, it's, it's for me. Like you can, I, I think you can tell that, you know, when I'm photographing, it is a purely, um, maybe selfish isn't the right word, but it is like, it is, I'm doing it for me. It's something that I need to do. Um, but I think, uh, if you were to, like, you're, you know, you're asking me like, what do I want people to get out of my work? It, it's, uh, maybe realizing that, um, there's so much more to, uh, I'll talk about my work in general, but you know, also the book, but like, there's so much more to water and just the world, um, than we, than we see. Um, and it, it takes a kind of a specific mindset to, to be able to see it. And, you know, that's, that's where my creative process comes from. So I think, uh, when people view, uh, my book, my hope is that, uh, the next time that they go out and they're around water, that they see it for more than what it is. They see it differently and have that enrich their life in that way. So, so maybe my work, um, isn't like necessarily enriching their life and leaving an impact, but it's giving them a window to a way that they can kind of see the same thing for themselves when they go out. Um, I had a, uh, a lady who uh, was featuring um, the ebb and flow collection on a website, and uh, she sent me like an email and I, like a, an aside afterwards. And she's like, you know, I want you to know that ever since I've seen your your water, and I've heard this from a couple people, but ever since I've seen your your water work, like I look at water differently. And she talked about how she used to go mm. to a river with her dog, um, and her dog has since passed, but she still goes back to the river. And now it's like the water that she looks like. And she's, you know, she said like, I can't claim to see what you see or get what you get out of it. But all I know is that like, I look at it differently. And, and to me, like, you know, that's, that's the greatest compliment that I can have about my life is that my, my work impacted somebody enough that it enables them to enrich their life and have uh, meaningful experiences in places that maybe they didn't before. You know, and I think that's just, that's something that's important to me, um, is that I'm able to see that beauty everywhere. And that's kind of what my work is about. My work is anonymous photos of, you know, things that call out to me and that I engage with out of curiosity and, and I uh, kind of just let myself, uh, um, listen to the landscape and, and, uh, have it show me what is special and, uh, and finding those moments of gratitude anywhere around me, even in a Costco parking lot. I was, joking, I was joking with my girlfriend about how I'm going to do a, 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 work, a Costco parking lot workshop and we just go to Costco parking lots and uh, f find the beauty that we can find. Because, um, you know, when you reach that point in your photography or in your creative journey, at least for me, I can only speak for me. But when I, like, realize that, like, I don't need to be somewhere, you know, photographically uh, appealing. Like, I can, I can literally, like, find beauty in, like, you know, the middle of a city or a parking lot or a puddle or, you know, wherever have you. Like, when you find the beauty to engage, um, find beauty like that to engage with, uh, it, it just, 
it kind of elevates um, those interactions a little bit, I guess. You, f- you follow Mike Curry? Yes. He's I know uh, Mike. over in the UK. Yep. A lot of his water work is uh, done at Canary Wharf. Uh, so it's a lot of uh, reflections of buildings and, and uh, urban structures. Uh, yeah. But it's still, he's, he's an amazing, like, you know, I remember when I first started realizing that I was getting into water work, I started seeing his stuff around. And um, yeah, no, Mike's, Mike's a good guy and he has his wonderful work. Yeah, it just came to mind because you're like, yeah, you don't have to be in the middle of a forest or a beautiful place to capture really interesting, meaningful work. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's like you know, is and and that's just a you know that's a result of the things that I've been through in life and my need to find gratitude and moments of beauty and you know, um, like I said, that often overlooked beauty that is around us all the time. You know, just seeing the way that you know, just looking out of my window and seeing the way that like you know. The, the way the, the light is hitting a specific leaf and that leaf is fluttering and kind of flashing the light, you know, that's, uh, I think that's, you know, when I think about why my work like is important to me, it's because like, I feel like when I find those things, like that those moments are made just for me, like every decision in my life led me to being there in that moment. And my experiences led me to being able to notice that specific thing. And that's, that's a very personal thing, right? You know, it's not, I'm not standing on the, you know, at Horseshoe Bend and like seeing like, you know, the river, like this moment was made just for me and like having 3 million people behind me. There's, I can see value in that for a lot of people. And it's obviously a very beautiful thing. But for me, like, I really need those, those personal moments and knowing that like, yeah, just, just having that gratitude that I'm able to be there in that moment, experiencing that one thing, being able to find gratitude and beauty in it. So thinking about the book again, I'm curious uh, what do you think a tangible product like a photo book or a print can convey that a digital file or viewing a photo on someone's website or on Instagram, um, or put another way, how are these experiences different or alike? Um, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to intent when you're holding a book you know, there's obviously a reason that that book exists, you know, and I think uh, for it's hard for me to say, you know, uh, what people are going to get out of it. But, you know, I know when I'm when I'm looking at a book, I don't have the my my tension isn't diluted. Right. It's like I'm I'm looking at a book. I'm flipping pages there. You know, I think that the tactile nature of something physical does like kind of like have uh have purposes that can't be explained, you know, um, when we're scrolling on Instagram or just on a, on a website, you know, it's like the viewing experience of looking at something on a screen or on an iPhone, it's diluted by all the other things that we look at on a screen. Um, and it's, you know, diluted by the, the notifications going off the top of our screen, having to swipe up and break the attention. But when you're, when you're, uh, holding a book, you're able to like kind of immerse yourself in that and kind of like forget that everything exists and just really like touch and feel. And, um, I think that tactile side is important, you know, and I think we lose a lot of that with this increasingly digital age. You know, I know it's something myself that I've been focused on, you know, I bought a printer that I have no business buying a 44 inch printer. Um, because, <laughs> because I wanted to get back into that tactile, you know, side of making prints and without the, the hurdle and the, the struggles of having to order it through a lab, knowing that I can like just rip a print off and hold it in my hands and see like what needs to be fixed and then rip another one off, then another one and like absolutely dial it in and be proud of like, you know, 
the whole entire process from capture to physical print. And then even that, like, you know, I've, you know, we've seen film photography kind of getting back into a, coming back into resurgence and, you know, I'm doing the same thing. It has a completely different purpose in, in my creative process. You know, it's, it's only personal work, but just missing that really, that, that, that romance and that tactile side of holding something physical and just the photographic process and the chemistry and knowing that like, you know, I have this, this latent image just kind of like trapped in this little box of all this light trapped in here. And it's just kind of like waiting for it to, uh, you know, to, to come out. I don't know. There's, there's a romance to the, the tactile and the physical side of things that I think we, we lose a lot of. And I think a lot of that comes through in a book yeah. and just knowing that it's like, you know, something that was really important to someone and you can immerse yourself in what their, their process and their intent was, is uh, pretty big. Yeah. And, the other thing is, as you were talking when I was thinking about books, is you also have the, you get to know like, okay, the photographer chose these images to go in this specific order, and theor theoretically that was intentional and has a purpose and a flow to it that you can't get with a website or, or at least not as easily. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, especially in regards to your book, which I really appreciated was the... Um, the spacing and the amount of written content and how relevant it is to the to the images and your journey as a photographer i think it was like the it's like the perfect amount of of what to add to the book to give it a little bit more extra just it's extra right it's yeah it gives me much more context as to what this body of work means to, how it's been important to you um and, and what it's trying to convey for you so i think that's the other thing that a book like yours can do that, you know, a website or physical, um, digital stuff can't. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's also that, you know, it's, it's expensive to do a book, you know, this isn't something that you, <laughs> you do lightly, you know, it's yeah. not like, you know, have holding somebody's book and knowing that like that, the work that they put into that meant enough to them to take that vulnerable risk. Because um, there, you know, there's. It's not just making a book, and it's not just you know the financial um, capital required to produce a book. It's like um, there's a lot of vulnerability that goes in there. There's a roller coaster of emotions. You know, like you're excited, and then you you question everything that you did, and then you know you're excited again, and then you're wondering what everybody's going to think and if it's going to sell. And so there's there's just a lot of vulnerability that goes into it, and knowing that uh, somebody. Um, felt strongly enough about the work that they're putting into a book to uh, expose themselves to all those different things that go into making it um, kind of elevates it in my opinion too. Um, so earlier in our conversation, really early on, you talked about using the camera as a tool to intimately explore the world. And I'm curious what that looks like for you in terms of practical application as opposed to what we typically see is just taking photographs. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of going back to one of the things I said before, you know, it's, it is, the camera gives me this little box. It gives me this private viewing room where everything melts away, where it's just me in that moment in time existing. And, uh, you know, back when, you know, in my early days of photography, it was about going out to get a photo of something. And, you know, and that has value. And, but, you know, for me personally, it, it opened myself a lot up to, uh, it just changed my, my interaction with nature. Instead of going out into nature 
and having photos happen. I was going out for photos and then nature happened, right? So it was like, it, it, it changed my, I became a, a taker or, you know, like a, a visitor to the landscape. You know, I was going out to see what I can get from it. Um, I was, I was putting um, energy right. out. As a like, tr- transactional. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's a great word for it. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're going out to nature to get this. Um, and it was like this really like, kind of like uh word I'm looking for is, but it was, it was, I, I always think of it as like putting energy out versus letting, letting energy in. So like when I, you know, when I go out to a beach, when you're looking for a photo, you're like, oh, what, what rock am I going to put in my foreground? What's going to be my son? You know, you're, it's like this very, like, you're, you're exporting all of this energy, all of this thought into the landscape. And it becomes about that photo and, you know, and you kind of, uh, and I've talked about this a couple of times and other people talked about it too. And I think uh, Guy Tall mentioned it in one of his books, but it's called the, uh, the invisible gorilla. And you're probably familiar with it, the selective attention. So if you go to like YouTube and search like selective attention gorilla, you'll come up with a video, but it's a video of, um, like six or seven people in different colored t-shirts throwing basketballs around. And then your instructions are to count how many times the basketballs in by is being thrown by people in white t-shirts. So you're like, well, then you're counting and it's like maybe 45 seconds long. Like, okay, how many times was it? Like 14. And then it's like, but did you see the gorilla? And then they rewind it and halfway through the frame, like a guy walks through the middle of the frame, right through the group of people. Um, they're throwing the basketball around him and he's in a gorilla suit and he stops, turns toward the camera and beats his chest and then walks back through. And it's because like, you know, we have such a finite, finite amount of attention that when we're looking for what we're looking for, we're going to miss all of the other things. Right. So when I go mm-hmm. out now, um, it's more about, uh, throwing away all of that. You know, we talk about results driven mindset and that's basically what it is. But when we just, I just go, I just go because the whole reason that I go to nature is to go. Right. Um, and when I'm in that, then I'm able to like, kind of like put myself in more of a, a receiving and an importing type of mentality where I'm letting things come to me. I'm able to like smell the air a little bit better. The air smells fresher. The, the light feels warmer. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not concerned about getting a photo. I'm just concerned about being out in nature. But then when I do see something that tickles my curiosity, because I think, you know, that's a lot, that's the basis of our creativity is curiosity. When I see something, um, I'll engage with it through my camera and it might not be a good photo. It might not be, you know, 90% of the time that I'm taking a photo of something It's it's practice. It's to interact with something. You know, I think we get in this mindset where when we're using a camera, um, every, almost every shot we take is an attempt to get a photo that will make it into our portfolio that we can share on social media. And for me, it's the opposite. Like I go out and I'm using the camera to just engage with this thing that called to me, that elevated my soul to get to know it. 99% of my photos suck. Um, but it, (laughs) it, in giving your, in giving yourself like these opportunities to kind of like engage with something, um, that calls to you, uh, without the, uh, the pressure of making a photo, um, and just being curious and exploring and experimenting and seeing what you can do with it. Um, it opens up doors that you might not have known existed. Like if I didn't point my camera at that, that water on the beach back in 2011, um, and then continue to point my camera at water, you know, direct light on water and things like that. Like, you know, I wouldn't be where I am as a photographer. Like this, this meaningful work wouldn't exist, but, um, I, I allowed myself to take shitty photos so that because it was important to me, I enjoyed the process and like what I got out of it. So, uh, 
that is basically what photography has become to me. It's not a, this journey to get a photo. It's this journey just to connect with the landscape in a more personal and intimate way. And having a camera and a viewfinder allows me to do that. I love that. Um, and I think, I, I think I know the answer to this question based on what you just described, but you know, you just like most of my other favorite photographers have completely steered away from the more classical, you know, landscape photography style of making images of recognizable scenes of waterfalls and mountains and, you know, like very specific compositions. Um, and you've gravitated more towards abstract and artistic renditions of nature. And I'm curious why the switch? Um, basically, you know, what I've been talking about, it all comes from, uh, wanting to interact with personal moments and being curious about things that call to me. Um, you know, it's, and I think, you know, I, th I think that's a process and there's nothing wrong with going and, you know, to a specific place and taking a photograph of a specific thing. You know, um, I, all I can speak of is, you know, what I need and what I get out of photography. And for me, it is that, that need to find those personal moments and that beauty everywhere and, you know, and to interact with it. Like I said, like, you know, like how 99% of the photos that I take, like, might not work, but um, that's not what I'm after. I'm not after the photo. I'm after the experience. And like I said, when I get a photo, a visually pleasing photo, it's a gift from that experience that I can use to represent it visually um, to people. And then, you know, make, make, make a living off of it, too. There's, you know, that side of it, too. Um, but it's uh, everything that I need. I get out of those personal interactions and, and I value being able to go somewhere anonymous. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but like, you know, things call to us for whatever reasons and who knows why they are, but like, that's why I want to point my camera at them is so that I can kind of like give it the attention that it deserves. Like I'm here in this moment, this thing is existing in this moment. The light is hitting it just so I'm noticing it. I want to give it the attention it deserves this moment in time. Um, and you develop a relationship with it and you, you, you're an enriched person. You know, you've created a friend, you've created a memory. Like, you know, like there are super anonymous trees in a lot of the places that I go that they're just like every other tree. But for some reason, one specific time they were calling out to me, or the light was hitting it or the leaves were just a certain color or something was going on to it that it called to me. So I engage with it. And now when I go back to that place, I look at that tree, that tree and I are friends. You know, we have that relationship. And my life has been enriched. Did I get a photo out of it? No, but I'm a better person. I'm a more enriched person. I've created a memory. I've created some familiarity. Um, and familiarity was huge with me in, in my photography. You know, when I go to a place that I haven't been before, it's hard for me to feel like I'm making meaningful, meaningful photography. Like, I need that personal aspect of things. Um, and I think, you know, just going into the more abstract and the more intimate kind of things like that, it's just, it's isolating those moments and the things that are special about a specific place um, to me at that moment in time. And my, what I get a kick out of is exploring it in every single way that I can and using, um, like I said, you know, like I, I photograph midday light a lot and that's hard to photograph. And so sometimes I have to be creative about how I use it just so I can continue to interact with the things that call to me um, in a visually pleasing way. You know, like, is there still a goal that like, you know, when I'm interacting with this thing that might not make a a pretty photo is there still a goal of mine to make it aesthetically pleasing within the viewfinder yeah and sometimes you know i need to be creative with that so it's just like it's this act of uh just going out engaging with things and making them my own 
and, and giving them the attention they deserve. Yeah, and I want to put an exclamation point on something you just said, uh, just so that people are cl- I didn't hear you trying to denigrate an approach where someone photographs a more traditional scene in a very traditional way. Like if that approach gives you what you need, just like these abstract images are giving you what you need, that's completely fine and fair. It's just yeah. been it's just the point that for you, like this is what you found has worked for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I you know, I think that there's a lot of judgment that goes around on social media about like who's doing what and why they're doing it and stuff like that. And like, you know, I don't, I, know. I don't, I don't, I don't concern myself. You know, there, like I said, there's, a, there's enough negativity in the world. Like we don't need to pile on. Like if people are, you know, if you want to be like, you know, I want to go to the Japanese maple in Portland and uh, take a photograph of a tree that everybody else has photographed and it's going to look like, you know, by all means, if, if, if that is enriching your life, if you're doing it and it's enriching somebody else's life, like what's, what's the problem with that? What's the problem? You know, there's no problem that like somebody's going to find value in that whether it's the photographer you know even if the photographer has you know business needs and they're not being authentic or genuine about it somebody is going to see that photo somebody is going to be moved by it and you know what they might like it enough to buy a print and put it up in their house so they can look at it every day it's going to enrich that person's life so uh, yeah i you know all i can talk about is what benefits me and what other people do is none of my business and you know all i know is all I know is me. So, yeah, do what you want to do. And I think as long as you're being authentic and genuine and getting what you want out of it, then keep doing it. But if you reach a point where, like, you feel like you're not getting that, then I think there's a an opportunity to explore um, beyond, you know, the the bounds that you know and the, the, the box that you are, you know, because we're, we're all in boxes. And once we kind of, like, understand our box and we want to continue to grow as people and creatives and photographers and we need to start thinking differently and that takes vulnerability it takes experimentation it takes exploration it takes you know curiosity and it takes uh, just kind of putting yourself out there and and uh taking terrible photos i highly encourage you to take terrible photos yeah as long as it's something that you're curious I was gonna say about, failure <laughs> yeah take take terrible photos yeah they're needed yeah well trust me i do so i'm good there um <laughs> all right tj uh, who do you recommend for the podcast? Who are some people that our listeners need to know more about? I, uh, I think uh, you should try. And I, I apologize if I butcher anybody's name here. Um, but Jauma uh, uh, Jorens, he's uh, from Catalonia. Um, he does some really interesting diptychs and highly uh, contrasted black and white stuff. Um, very evocative stuff. Some of my my favorite stuff that I've been seeing recently, uh, Joe Steven is always, she's, she's wonderful. Nell Talon, um, is wonderful. Mike Dimiola, um, out of Vermont. Uh, he's been photographing for a short amount of time, but it doesn't seem like it. Um, had a good time with him up in a really Mm -hmm. special place. Uh, Cesar Yandesa, uh, would be a good guy. And, uh, Michelle Sons, I think you should look into talking to them. I'd like to hear what they have to say. I love it. All right, TJ, well, this has been fun, and I'm looking forward to getting your book in my hands. I've got the pre-order myself, so I'm excited to uh, to hold it and to sit down with it and to immerse myself in it. I appreciate your support, buddy. It's been, it's been meaningful. 
You can, uh, anybody listening, if you did want to get the book, you can go to ebbandflowmonograph.com. That takes you to the sales page. And yeah, um, any support is, is greatly appreciated. And uh, I've known you for a while, and you've always been the, a really supportive guy. So good to know you're still doing it. No problem. <laughs> Well, thank you to TJ for joining me on the podcast this week and for being so vulnerable for that conversation. I'm rooting for you, my friend. Please join me in supporting TJ by purchasing his book. You can find a link in the show notes. TJ is also offering bonus prints of images that are displayed in the book at a discounted price. So if you're a nerdy collector like me, I would highly encourage you to get in on that. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can also listen to a bonus recording on Patreon where TJ and I talk about how the business side of photography has impacted his mental health. Just go to patreon.com forward slash fstop and listen to join. Lastly, early on in the conversation, you heard TJ talk about the website where he gained more confidence and found community early on in his nature photography career. Such a site still exists. It is called Nature Photographers Network. You can join me and many other amazing photographers over there for honest and thoughtful critique of your work. Join me by going to npn.link forward slash fstop. Make sure to use the code fstop10 for a 10% discount. Other than the amazing critique forums over there, you can join NPN to gain access to countless discounts on tutorials, books, software, prints, and lots more. I look forward to seeing you there. Again, that's npn.link forward slash fstop. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.